0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Copcast podcast. Um tonight I have got or whenever you're listening to this, I've got Andy Bale in Belfast. Yes. Yes indeed. Are you going to ask I, me uh, how I am this week? No. No, not at all. No, we're going no straight into it. No no bullshit. We've cut the bullshit out. Well, the the pre the pre football bullshit, there'll be plenty of bullshit to come. And I've got Jay Reed in Liverpool. Hello Jay. Hello, I'm fine, thank you. Before you ask the question, I'm not wonderful. I wasn't go, <laughs> I wasn't going to anyway, so that's grand. <laughs> so what we're gonna, what we're gonna do today, um, is we're going to have a chat about um some of our rivals. We're gonna look at Manchester City and we're gonna look at Leicester. I know, right? We're kind of trying to fill a gap there. Um, and some of the guys. Um, in a few days' time, they're gonna look at uh, United and Chelsea, see where they are, kind of look at where we are, and take a look at where we feel the season might go so what we'll do, I think probably um, Andy will kick off with £100 million for Jack Grealish Um, City can't afford it they're in the same position as every other club, we cannot afford it Um, we have sold 85 youth players for £60 million and it's you know we know what we know what's we kind of knew this was going to happen ffps can been thrown out the window due to the pandemic it seems like it didn't in my head the opposite should have happened they should have clamped down on it because of you know literally clubs are skint but well whatever um so it's a it's another forward player for city it's Let's be honest, a really, well, certainly in my eyes, a really, really, really good player um, who is probably out in his own when it comes to what he can do in a football pitch, how he can carry the ball, how he can drive forward from from the left-hand side into the middle of the park, how he can create, how he can score goals, how he can beat men, how he can well, win fouls, if you want to look at it that way. But this kind of signifies City's strategy. It's nearly a billion pounds that, that, that Pep's spent now. Um, but, you know, it's. I think I'm interested in your opinion on, first and foremost, how much does this add to that side, given the players that they have at the top end of the pitch? Jesus, Sterling, Foden, Mahrez, um, Silva, De Bruyne, um, surely missing other players Torres Uh, oh yes Ferran Torres yep you know where does he fit in how many games is he going to get and you know given all that how how much how how much does he elevate this side I suppose from last season I think that's probably the most interesting question
1: from like a mathematical point of view we were having a bit of a chat in the pre-pod about how many points they're going to get and will 100 points ever be matched again and we were talking about how they'd, what they got, I think they end up in 86 last season, but the, the sort of thinking is that they took their foot off the gas a little bit. They probably could have got at least 90. They probably are a 90-point team right now, which is a little bit of a drop-off from what they were, but it's still incredible. It still would have won you every title pre the Klopp-Guardiola rivalry, if you want to call it that. So for me, it's interesting because if they bring in, well, they've brought in Grealish, if they bring in Kane as well, in terms of an attack you can almost say they're they're doubling the quality that they have but the closer and closer you get in 90 100 points i think you know there's bound to be a limit where that kind of graph flattens off at the at the top and no matter how much quality you add you're you're not going to get more than 100 points i don't think it's possible i don't think anyone's ever done it in history and it's there's the ceiling. a ceiling yeah exactly and i think um you know, it's not linear. It's not as if the amount of quality you add just keeps going up and up and up, and you keep getting that, and and that points total gets gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I think a hundred points is where it's at. No matter how much quality you have, no matter how brilliant you are, you're gonna have games in the season where a team's gonna make it really awkward for you, especially in the Premier League, going to these horrible grounds with horrible supporters, horrible managers. There's always gonna be times you're gonna drop points or you're gonna have an off day and this, that, and the other. So I don't think that's gonna change in the sense that. Liverpool I know I know like um I'll I'll leave that until later on to, to talk about Liverpool but in terms of Grealish yeah I was having to think about it and it's hard to sort of th- with what we've seen the Jack Grealish we've seen at Aston Villa and even the Jack Grealish we've kind of seen for this uh the majority of the time at England how he would fit into that Guardiola style and I'm sure he will you know the I I can't say it myself right now how he would do it but that's why I'm sat here with a packet of custard creams and Pep Guardiola's paid the big bucks. Because at Villa, it was kind of like everything went through him. Everything, every time they got the ball, they looked for him. He was a man that progressed them off the pitch. He was a man that won them fouls. And he could hold onto the ball for 15, 20 seconds at a time. And that would be conducive to how Villa played and how to get them up the pitch and how to get them goals and relieve the pressure. Whereas at Man City, you're kind of expected to do things one, two touch. The slickness, the speed, the choreography, the attacks is is kind of their... Well, it's, it's what they're the best at. So I think it'll be interesting from that perspective. I think there could be a few teething problems and I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see that much of them until October, November. But, I mean, you read off some of them there, Dave. Guardiola makes very... Few poor attacking signings. You look down. Ever since he joined Man City, even the players that have been sold on, they've been good players. Have come in. They've done the business at times. And Jack Grealish is too good a footballer to not add to that and to be a failure anywhere. They'll find a way. They'll find a position for him. I don't know exactly where that is. Even when he comes on against Germany, you know he he puts in that cross to Kane first time. So he can do it. Uh, he will do it. And they're looking very scary.
0: Yeah, Jay, it, listen, it's a really, really good sign. And I think it's irrelevant kind of talking about the money because essentially they, they've got the player. We, we can we can complain about the money. We can complain about who spends what and blah, blah, blah. But realistically, what it boils down to is players in the squad and players on the pitch. And that's really where we need to kind of focus our attention. I think the thing around Grilis is there's a couple of ways to look at this. Um, Andy's right everything goes through him um when it comes to when it came to Aston Villa. Now he's gone to City. It's a very different environment. Is there a potential he could be that David Bentley kind of springs to mind when he was the big fish in the wee pond at Blackburn and looked like the best player in the league. And he makes the move to Spurs and it just doesn't work for him. The other scenario there is, you know, Kai Havertz, I think, kind of, I'm looking at and thinking again, another player who um, at Leverkusen everything went through him. The whole team was was designed around him, um, and that wasn't the case at Chelsea, and we didn't see the best of him. Is there a scenario at at City where you see one of those two kind of issues occurring, or where do you feel that he might fit in? Um. I don't know
2: I, I, I genuinely don't know where he plays I was having this discussion with my mates yesterday um, and where where does he does he start and I mean if you kind of take a step back and look at the way um, Pep has played predominantly last season really um, more than anything he likes to rotate and he doesn't really have if he's going to play in the front line he doesn't really have a, a set role for, for anyone because he, obviously Aguero was injured for the lot of the season Jesus was injured for part of it so he was just playing like a rolling front three and some would say Grealish's best position is coming in from the left and coming in field and, and creating havoc inside some might say it might be in the 10 role or slightly deeper um, but the way Pep also does play with his advanced wing backs you probably would say it is from the, the higher left position and he is coming in field and allowing whether it be Zinchenko or Mendy, um, they're the predominant left backs, I think, or Canseo sometimes plays out there, um, then that's where they would play, but then instantly then the question is for who? Is he is he dropping the golden boy of English football, Phil Foden? Well, he was before the summer and then he sort of faded like his hair hair dye. Um is he dropping Sterling? I don't know. Marder's arguably probably the most consistent performer I'd say over the last eighteen months, two years in in a forward position. Um or Jesus, who is is only recognizable number nine, and then you've got Bernardo there and Ferran Torres. So I I don't know unless he is just gonna rotate and fit players in and around. And I think it was more of a vanity sign of they, they were just flexing the muscles and saying like yeah, he he was the he was the, the spark for the English national team Jordan the Euros even though he didn't start I think one game I think he started um, but when he come off the bench it was or he was the player that everyone was talking but you've got to put Grealish in, or he's got to be your first sub or whatever I think it was City just being the financial monster that they are and we can delve into how they are financially run or not but. They were just flexing the muscles and saying, well, we're taking him." A bit like Bayern Munich do in Germany, a bit like Juventus do in Italy and Madrid and Barcelona have done in the past in Spain. And PSG are doing across Europe. They're saying, right, well, we've got the money and we're having them. And no no one else is having a say in it. Um, and I think that's how Villa were trying to sell it. I think it was logo was on some sort of media channel. Um We'll not, we'll, not,
0: we'll not get too much. Yeah. It was, I think it was, it was Aston Villa's. Um, yeah. It was their TV, but we'll yeah. not, we'll not get Shot. too much into the Christian fucking yeah. Parslow debate. Is the self-indulgent wanker, but
2: um, it was basically he had his price, and that was Andy Metta. So, so what can you do? Um, I, I just, I just struggle to see how he's going to work. As, as you've touched on, you and Andy, where he was the big fish. Do, does that I think it it would inhibit his goal output but I don't think I think it'll improve his assist output because naturally City have got better players up, up the top end of the field and if he is getting in positions and creating chances then the likelihood is they are going to put more away than they are not going to put away Um, but it'd be interesting for me where he fits in with like the likes of De Bruyne set pieces and stuff like that like, is he honestly going up to Kevin De Bruyne and saying, I'm having this? If I'm Kevin De Bruyne and I'm saying, no, no, you're not, son. I've been here and I've done it. I've won things. You, you've not. So it, It's a mental mental sign. They didn't need it. I think they've got bigger problems in the team that they needed to address. They, they need a proper left-back because as I say, Zinchenko and Mendy aren't good enough left-backs. Um they probably need another body in midfield. Fernandinho's 35-36 now. They've signed him on again. Other than that, they've got Rodri. Um, but I don't think they've got anyone else solid in the middle of the park. Um, they've got players like Gundogan and like, De Bruyne who fit in around them. But like, if I compare them to us, like Rodri isn't a, isn't a patch on Fabinho and we've got a lot more players who can do a lot more things both sides of the ball. Um, well I don't think City have got that. And arguably, maybe a, a right back, I don't know. Because Can Sayo plays right and left. And if, he, if he's right, then your left side's weak. If he's left, then your right side's weak. Because I don't think Kyle Walker's the right back that everyone thinks he is. He's probably a right sided centre back at best. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they could do other things. But if, if they go and get Harry Kane as well, I think that's a vanity signing. Um, and I, I'd be more than happy to see him go there than other forwards that they could go and sign for £150 million if that's the of price. If if you put that money down for, for Haaland, you'd probably get him to the table or arguably Mbappe with a year left on the contract. If if they're choosing Kane over them too, then for me, I'd rather see that happen regardless of what business we do. Long term, he, it's better for,
0: for us, for them to have Kane than Haaland or Mbappe. Yeah, I, I would probably go along with that, Andy. It's this is a really strange one. You know, you're, if you're looking at City overall and you're looking at their squad, I'm saying they're they're certainly top heavy. You know, they're very very top heavy. Um, and what that tells me is with with Sterling, Jesus, Mares, Foden, um, Torres, now Grealish. Provided he does play a front three position and he doesn't slot into kind of the eight. But you're, you're talking that's De Bruyne's position, like, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they bring Kane in as well. Bernardo Silva is another one who has since said that he he wants out. He's fed up. Um, you, you can't help but think that there's only so many games in a season You know, if you're talking about these these players all getting an an equal amount of games, they're maybe going to play 20 games each. Do you foresee potentially an element of of squad unrest, maybe, amongst that, that attacking group?
1: Yeah, possibly. It could be a case where they're so unilaterally focused on winning the Champions League that they're maybe failing to take into account other factors, such as squad harmony, such as Getting everyone their game here and there, keeping them happy, making sure their relationships off the pitch are are brilliant as as much as they are on the pitch. Much like Liverpool clearly put uh, a massive influence on. So there is a possibility on that. Um,
0: because as Jay says says, Andy, this this really saying it's not a hole in the squad that they needed to fill. It's not like, for example. And we can say what we like about Ruben Diaz, but they needed a centre half, and that was a sensible signing in an area of the pitch that needed upgrading. This, this signing isn't that.
1: Yeah, and the positions Jay mentions there about a fullback, I'm I'm completely with him in that because I think I think Kyle Walker is fantastic at what he does. I think one on one, you know, if you're Mane coming up against him playing on that left hand side, it you know, wouldn't shock me if Walker. Has him in the pocket all game, he doesn't get past him He's, he's fast He's Yeah, he, he's quick, he's strong He loves to flex his muscles, he loves to act the big man Um, And to be fair, he's good at what he does However, if I'm Setting my team up to play Man City I'm probably saying, let him have the ball Make sure none of those other brilliant attacking players In front of him can get it Same with whoever they play at left-back Whether it's Kinsella, whether it's Inchenko um, Or whether it's There's another player that used to yeah, no, I'm thinking of somebody right-footed who comes inside, but it's gone out of my mind. I think it was, I'm maybe thinking of when they played Delft there for a while, but they like to or play... Or Danilo, one, maybe. It could have been Danilo, yeah, I feel it in my head. There's somebody else, but whatever. They um they like to play one of the fullbacks um coming in centrally so they can create numerical vantage in the midfield, do all the things Pep loves and this and the other. But at the same time, as much as that works and as much as that has been you know, a, a good tactic for them over the years. is predictable. You can set a team up knowing exactly what they're going to do at fullback. Same with the the kind of defensive side of the midfielders. Fernandinho's getting on. Um, Rodri, yep, good player, but he's probably the only one you'd, you'd say you'd maybe take in that mould from Man City. So, yeah, there are gaps and there are going to be games where they're going to come unstuck. And I don't know, are they... That that squad depth they have in attack is that necessarily what goes and wins you Champions League or it's it's difficult you know if he's picking a if he's picking a team for the European Cup final tomorrow I don't know what he does and I don't think the additions of Grealish and Keane are necessarily I was having I was having a think about this earlier today and. Because of how we view the likes of Aguero now, who's moved on, he's a bit older and he's not as good as what he once was. You forget that, like, Prime Sergio Aguero was probably as good as Harry Kane, if not better. Same with unreal. Um, Mares, you know, has Jack Grealish ever had a season like what Mares did for Leicester? You know, because he hasn't played in a while,
0: um, are, are you because well, he kind really... gets what. G- Grealish gets what six goals and eight assists last year. I granted, he's probably out for about three months, but
1: yeah. And Marizs wins, wins football of the season.
0: Yeah, um, it's or, they're uh, not exactly astronomical numbers. Now, I get that there's there's talk about statistically with regards to progressions with the ball, um, mm-hmm. dribbles completed, you know, all that sort of stuff. They're they're really really up there. But if you're talking about, and I, I do you know what, Annie? I really hate boiling it down to, you know output of goals and assists because I think that is such a reductive stat to look at but it it's if you want to look at that it's not up there particularly for a team like Aston Villa that really focused on counter-attacking football exploiting the space and creating an environment where Greenwich can really flourish
1: yeah, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I actually think for the first half of the season before he gets injured, Jack Grealish was the best player in the Premier League. And I know a little bit controversial, but I thought he genuinely thought he was the best player in the Premier League. I thought it was an absolute scandal that he wasn't in the team of the season. And it's everything you ever need to know about recency bias. But my overarching point is that, you know, they've brought players in like that before. And we view Riyad Mahrez through the pers- um, perspective of, oh, good player can come in, can score a couple of goals, comes out of the team again. But he was a Jack Grealish when they brought him in. You know, Sergio Aguero was the Harry Kane in the, the you know the seasons where they got ninety-eight and hundred points or whatever it was. So, you know, we can terrify ourselves with these sign-ins and they are phenomenal players and they're gonna have some ridiculous squad depth. But I think our focus just has to be on getting 95 points or more. Because I think 95 points or more, no matter how many players they bring in, will always give you a chance at the league title. And you know, the seasons we got those ridiculous point totals, We I think um, the season we win the league, obviously we lose to City 4 0. We've already, uh, already wrapped it up by that point. The season before that, we beat them at Anfield and we lose. I guess the only game we lose is at the Etihad. So, you know, in these mm-hmm. seasons, we've got these ridiculous points totals. You know, City have still taken points off us. We only play City twice. It's not like I think people talk about these um comparing the squads of your rivals as if you play them every week. You don't. You play the other 36 games every. Um, the, the other 36 games uh, in the week you're not playing them. So your focus should be exactly the same, just getting the points in those games, and Liverpool can find ways of doing that without matching City player for player and quality for quality. I think.
2: Just, just yeah. on Grealish's stats there, I just pulled them up. Um, we'll, we'll take us Premier League: 96 appearances, 15 goals, 19 assists. Championship obviously take that into account. 89 games, 14 goals, 16 assists. So it's roughly a similar sort of setup, roughly around about a goal or assist one in three games.
1: It does seem a bit so like it, to me that, like the player who gets the assist before the assist as well. Yeah, you know.
2: And but, but my question would be, I as I said before, it, his assist might go up, but I don't think his goals will. And I, you you might be able to answer his best night. Was he the set piece taker for? For Villa, I imagine he was.
0: I don't know about penalties, but I imagine he took the dominant. I think I think Jack Rilis Jack Release was the. Again, he had so much responsibility at that club. He was a club captain. He took everything but the goal kicks, basically.
2: Yeah, and he won't get that nowhere near at he?
0: No, so look, Jay Andy makes a really good point, and I totally agree with him that comparing squads is fine. It's all fine, but. You don't need to be level with City. You don't need to be 10% better than City to win a league. It's about what you do against the other 18 teams, the other 17 teams. And what it generally boils down to is what you do against you know, the rest of the top six. For example, look at Arsenal under Wenger. Qualified for the top four every single year because they beat the shit all the time. They Bergeron
1: got. did it one year as well. he barely beat the top six, and I think they won every game against the bottom thirteen and won the league.
0: Exactly. You know, and, and that and that's what it comes down to. So you don't looking at City and comparing them player for player. It's less relevant than you think it is, and I'm looking potentially again if we're talking. We've we've got our core, a, like a real spine at Liverpool. And I want to start drawing drawing the reds in here a little bit, where we've renewed Trent's contract, we've extended Allison's contract for another six years, which I think is a phenomenal bit of business. I think that that cannot that bit of business can't be underestimated because of all the clubs that have suffered from having a goalkeeper as a weak link. You know, <laughs> we have the <laughs> <for> years, years. <laughs> mate. We can go back. Like at least a decade and probably farther. We can go all the way back to David James. as, as soon as Grabular left. Jesus Christ, with with nothing. We um, probably had Pepe Reina for a few
2: years. Reina for and maybe that's three years in the Premier
0: League. Yeah, Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's a phenomenal bit of business. Um, Fabinho signed again. Probably the best for my for my money, the best six in the world. Um. And then you know you're you're talking about Mo Virgil Sadio and and hopefully Henderson extending. That's the stuff that needs to get done. At City, John Stones and News contract runs out at the end of this season. You know, hopefully Stone signs again. Um, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, he's had a good three months, but he's fucking awful. Um, 2023, Sterling, Jesus. Marez, Gundawan, Mendy. all do you,
2: do you do you think there's something? I was saying this before to my brother, like he was going on about uh, extensions and stuff, and I said like we, we're extending the core of our squad, mm-hmm. the spine. Yeah, beyond what what we think Klopp is probably going to stay for is 2024. That's the end of his current contract, and mm-hmm. it will be. Within all everyone's belief, to think that that's his time and he's going to go because that's what he's done historically and he's a benefit, it's longer than what he did at Mainz and Dortmund. So, we're securing the future of our team for beyond Jurgen Klopp, for whoever it may be that's has not, oh, what, what am I doing with this squad? Because they've got the core of what has been successful and probably we hope will be successful for the next few years while Jurgen Klopp is here. For beyond this time. So wh- whoever the man may be to step into his shoes does not have to fear about what are they going to do because they've got a nucleus there. Pep, arguably we were saying, may have walked this year or whatever. If he has another crack at the Champions League in the next year or two and doesn't get it, will he just go, I, I can't do this, I'm just going to have to go? And all the players you've just mentioned there, like the- probably what you would say with the nucleus of Man City's squad, with a, with a few exceptions of who they brought in in recent windows, are all out of contract at roughly the same time. Have they literally got a two-year window to win the Champions League with Pepin and that's it? And they've not looked beyond that?
0: Potentially, Jabe. I think more focusing for me on, on on the season to come is that the fact that these players haven't extended. You've also got Laporte there that looks completely out of favour and completely disillusioned. Bernardo Silva said he wanted the lead. I'm, I'm feeling myself like... There there is there is a disillusionment amongst that group of players. Whereas if that we've seen us go extend, extend, extend. If ranking Sterling's at Liverpool, he's extended right now. You yeah. know, he's done. That's done. And and the guys at Liverpool, it looks like there's obviously the Jamie and the Henderson thing are, are slightly different, but Allison, no hesitation. Trent no hesitation. Fabinho, no hesitation. You know, if both signs, no hesitation, you do well to find four more important players in that squad given age, given value, given position on the pitch. And that's not happening at Manchester City. And I'm just wondering, is there a lack of is there a lack of focus? Is there a lack of desire? Is there a lack of commitment there that maybe we can take advantage of this season?
2: Yeah, I that, that, that's what I'm, I mean by the pet project. I think he's got a limited time and maybe that's just it all sort of the house of cards plays into one another where they know they've only got a certain window under him and it's got to happen. And if it's not going to happen within the next year or two, is it all just going to come tumbling down with what they've got? And as you say, with the likes of Sterling and we said it before the pod, like, it's very surprising for the player of his quality to not be extended by now but I don't really recall many players on the Pep being given extensions I, I could be wrong I, I could just have missed a missed a point but Aguero ran his contract down and walked away Um it was a company obviously we we're, were retiring but it, there was never even a it didn't seem like an aspect to try and hold on to him and keep him around and then uh, David Silva ran his contract down and, and walked away and he'd done great things for Chelsea that like, I know they, they spent a lot of time at the club, but they were also losing leaders. And I don't think he's he's, he's ever brought in a, <coughs> a leader. And bringing it back to Liverpool, the, the lads who we've extended. Alisson, you'd argue, is, is, a, is a leader and very, very vocal and very important to us. Fabinho, massively important to us. Trent, we Monaco's we, we, captain, don't forget as well. You know, yeah, he was Trent probably that have he was
0: probably
2: captain as, as, a, as a future captain for us, and mm-hmm. they have not, they've not got a leader or captains because it was, it was company, and then it was David Silva, and then it might have been Agüero on occasions, and the, the only one they can probably hold a, a bit of solace to is, is is Fernandinho, and that's it, and he's only extended because I think he's he, getting bags of money lashed at him just to stick around just
0: to, to, to be there. He's what, 35, fix but, but again, his his contract runs out at the end of this season. So, you know, I don't know. Andy, what do you think? Do you think that there, do you think there's maybe a, a lack of focus and a lack of commitment amongst that huge group of players and looking in comparison to us, Klopp has always said that he likes a small squad and this is why he buys versatile players that can fill a number of positions because he doesn't necessarily want two or in City's case, sometimes three in every position because it brings that cohesion and that collective focus and commitment together. I think
1: we just, we've always ever since, well, ever since Klopp's been in really, Uh, I think Klopp, uh, Pep comes in at the same time, around the same time anyway, maybe slightly before, but, Ever since that, really, we've had to kind of control everything that we can. Um, we're not going to match City player for player. We're not going to, we're not going to spend the same money. So we need to make sure we've got the squad harmony spot on. We need to make sure we've got the squad size at the ideal level, and um, because that's the only way we can kind of beat them over a season. And I think it's in terms of you know securing players and tying them down and thinking five years down the line. I just don't think it's a priority for City. Um I don't think it's a priority when you're state owned.
0: You know, is that falling, though to do that? Given the given what I suppose what I'm trying to get at here is building a building a team of people that go and win things. It's more than just the talent in the group. It is Do you think do you think City of field to see past that?
1: Possibly. And it could be one of those things where it's you know, People always say, what's the saying again, is it uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard? But when you just thumb as much talent as you can and you've bags and bags of talent, I think sometimes talent might beat that. Um, And listen, there's different football clubs, different things, works for different football clubs. Watford sacked their manager every three months and they stayed in the Premier League for ages and probably got loads of money for it and got parachute payments and got back up. Chelsea? has Chelsea? Chelsea have done it, and everyone everyone takes a piss out of Chelsea, and everyone says, you know, manager merry around this, that, and the other. Listen, how many of them win a European Cup, get sacked, hire somebody else, have a crap season, win the league, win the European Cup? It works for them, uh, and this seems to work for Man City. They have an endless pit of cash. That is the essence of being owned by a state. Uh, they're unaffected by the pandemic. I think it's only really them and PSG who are in that situation.
0: So I think, but if we boil it down, if we boil it down to this season. Yeah, it's kind of what I'm trying to focus on here. But put it into this season. Do you think that it could have an effect that we can take an advantage of? It could do, but I think
1: we're thinking along Liverpool lines when thinking about Man City. Um, I think they're a short-term football club, and I think they can afford to be. Um, and I think that they're just gonna kind of keep doing that. And there was just something I wanted to pick up on what Jade said about um Pep staying on a little bit longer because there's this narrative about Pep that he's this lovely guy and, you know, gentleman, nicest guy in football, this, that, and the other. Um, I think he has a far, far bigger ego than people give him credit for. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I remember reading his book uh, from his time at Bayern Munich written by a guy called Marty Perenau. It's um really, really good. But he said that Pep um, had said to him before, that he only likes to do three years at a club. It was preempted before he left Bayern Munich, that he only do three years. And he said, the reason for that is because it's so intense. um, It's so mentally straining as much as it is physically playing for Pep and all these tactics and all these different zones on the training ground and everything else that players should... The Bayern
0: players have said as much as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's an extent to which he stayed on at Man City because I think it's maybe got to him a little bit that... Listen. He was a footballing god at Barcelona, and nobody could touch him. He was the best manager in the world, no dispute. He went to Bayern Munich. He did everything but win the Champions League. But he left behind him a legacy. Amazing football, and the supporters loved him. People led him away with not winning the Champions League for three years. Football's it's dealt on accidentals, and these things can happen in ninety minutes. At Man City, Top
0: competitions are hard to win. Yeah,
1: yeah. And at, at Man City, um, you know, he's been there. He's been there five years, and actually starting to question does you know it's been okay the odd Champions League game you can mess it up he admitted he got it wrong in that um 5-1 was it defeat to Real Madrid at Bayern Munich he's admitted he got it wrong a couple of occasions okay that's fine 90 minutes something can happen when it goes eight or nine years that's when it stops kind of becoming a coincidence and there are actually times where you haven't been good enough and you've maybe balled it in the final or you've tried to do something a bit too fancy like we saw back in May. And I think that's got to him a little bit more. And I think he's left his morals and principles of, I'm going to leave after three years and they may burn out. I think he's put that to one side and he thought, I have to win a Champions League here. Otherwise, I may not be considered the greatest of all time. And I think he's letting his ego get in the way a little bit more. And I think that, with the mental burnout of the players, and the physical burnout, I'd be more inclined to think we might be able to take advantage of that than kind of players not signing contracts and all the stuff that Liverpool say is important in our business model.
2: I'll put a question yeah. to you both. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: I know it's if but and maybe's and it's it's how life and football works, but last season were they actually that far ahead of us?
0: Probably so not I am gonna I'm, I'm gonna go first here. Um the way I look at last season is they finish seventeen points, six, six, points ahead of us, seventeen points ahead of us. Yeah, I think it's seventeen. Seventeen points ahead of us. No, um, I'm look at that, that's that's six wins. So I'm looking at that's that rough. run of games at home: Burnley, Fulham. Um, help right. out here, Brighton, Westbourne, Everton, Terrific, didn't we? Uh, West, which was the draw? That was the start.
1: City word. themselves as is well, isn't it? City Four. beating
0: pieces, yeah. Yeah, but there, 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 were, there, are, there are six games against shit, basically, that we go and we lose when our, our heads go and our heads wobble. And that is, down, that is not down to the quality of, of, of the squad that we have. That's down to the injuries, obviously, but it's also down to literally... The way I think the way I described it last season was just one kicking the balls too many, one kicking the teeth too many, and it started with Madap hobbling off at halftime against West Brom, and it was just like Jesus Christ, really, really are you taking the piss? Is, so, is this
2: year, sorry, is this year Pep's fifth
0: or sixth year at City, going into it? Uh, fifth, because I think he's, right, yeah. no, so, it's his, no, it's no. Wait, is this not his sixth? Because I think he's won three out of the four last league titles, but he didn't win the league title in the first year. I think we finished third. Okay, Is so that- if we tra- if we trace it back to, to the theory of his,
2: his three-year cycle, the best football that they played were probably his second and third year. The third year was when we ran them close to the last day of the season or something like that, wasn't it? Then it was the year that we won it and we were... Streets ahead of everyone in that year.
0: I would say it was the year before. It was the the year they romped it and got 100 points. Yeah, so that was was the second year. And then it was the year that they pepped us to it in the last day.
2: So that was year two and year three, and arguably Mm -hmm. pepped best football at City. Then the year after, we we blew everyone out of sight, and, and City were decent. And then... And then they won it last last last
0: year. This must be a a sixth year then.
2: We we saw them capitulate last year because of injuries, and no one else really bothered to to, to lay a glove on them. But it weren't the greatest football in the world, and it does play into that theory of what what you've said that that is a three year cycle thing, and he's maybe just burnt the heads and the physicality else of too many players.
1: It's the 10 games after Christmas, isn't it, that basically wins in the league? It's when. As you say, Dave, we lose the six games at home, and I think there's other games around that where we drop points. so United at home, which we draw, which was quite disappointing and kind of left us a bit behind. But we, I mentioned earlier that they took their foot off the gas. That might have just been kind of their level generally. Um, And I know, uh, Dave, you listen to the Anthony Rapp, remember Neil Atkinson saying he doesn't necessarily think you need 100 points to win the league, but you need to go on a run where you look like you're going to get 100 points. And that's what City did after Christmas up until about March. Um, They're eighth at Christmas, their eighth position at Christmas, I'm pretty sure. Um, Which, you know, I know the league was dead tight. I think maybe Southampton were top at that time. But, you know, it's not as if they were streets ahead of everyone for the entire season. They were streets ahead of everyone for those 10 games after Christmas. And sometimes that can give you the impression that they were miles ahead of everyone else. But 10 games in two years. And apart from that, they've been fairly average, you would say.
2: I, I I don't think that the 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 honest big threat that everyone makes the most of. it. And I think I know last year again the no crowds thing and stuff like that. But like look at teams like Wolves and Palace have have gone and played them at the Etihad and beat them, and they go in there with with the mentality of we've got nothing to lose and we will give it a bash, and and inevitably they've come away with it. Where some teams like Burnley just go in and go right, well five 0 we'll shake hands and walk away. Like if a lot more teams go in with the the fearless mentality and do have a go at them maybe crowds this year might make a difference or not but the SCR doesn't really have a crowd anyway so you might you might see some some more like general results where they're not the big scary thing that everyone thinks they are I I just don't buy into it as you say them 10 games they just put the foot down and and crushed a few teams but they're not for me they're not the big scary
0: animal that everyone thinks they are yeah. Okay. So, I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. So I think we can see if we say that we're going to win the league. So let's 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 move away from City. Let's take a brief look at Leicester. Um, like, let's take a really brief look at Leicester. Um, they've, they've got, I, I think Leicester have a really good squad, Jay. I think they have. Um, a lovely balance across all areas of the pitch. I think they've done some smart, smart business. I think we would all be really, really happy if we brought in um, DACA in the summer, which they have done, 27 million. Looks like a really, really clever piece of business. Again, they've brought in Bertrand as well, free transfer. Again, another clever piece of business. And Sumare, who I think will probably be for Andy to give us a bit of a, a bit of a analysis on because I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. They, yeah. they've, they've got uh, and Ian Acho there who's found that form they that had at City before he moved. Forty still scoring goals. Indeedy, uh, Mendy, um, that other fella who I can't remember his name in the middle of the park. Madison. Priot. sorry? Priott. The yeah, there's Belgian somebody else, there's else as well. No, there's someone else too. Amadi. Basically, <laughs> could be him? Decent center half, Obviously, Johnny Evans, best centre-half in the leagues aside from Van Dijk um, and the other three <laughs> lads that we have. Um, and good fullbacks and, and a very good goalkeeper. And, you know, they, again, people say they, they bottled the top four last year as they did the year before, which, you know, it, it's difficult to argue with that. But what they did do is they went and they won the FA Cup, and that might just be the thing that gives them... The confidence to go and do something to really, really nail something this year, like like winning the Champions League did for us. Do you think that they have? Do you think they have it in them to kind of break that City United, Chelsea, Liverpool top four kind of grip this season? Um,
2: yeah, but oh. Brendan, <laughs> that, that, that's the big, the big boss. Um, I, like both, it. I, 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 I. I know you, you like him, and a few other lads do. Um, I think do you, I, the
1: best I, thing to happen to them—they'd be nowhere near it without him.
2: I I would agree that's probably his level. Um, and just looking at their squad, as you as you as you beautifully touched over it, they've literally got two players for every position. They may need another centre half, given that Fafan is probably out for the season with a horrific tackle, which was so awful. totally uncalled for. Um. So I wouldn't be surprised. But if they could go literally, back into the like, say
0: you wouldn't be you wouldn't be surprised if any of that squad was picked up by Arsenal for forty million plus. No, and I don't think
2: that they haven't sold after yet. I mean, they may they may well sell Madison. They usually sell one player a year for big money and reinvest that money very wisely. And they have done. Um, significantly over the last few years and if you look at like so you brought him for for a lot less was around 10 million something like that you, you, people were talking 40-50 million last year when United was sniffing around and then you've you got the likes of Harvey Barnes who we've been linked to That you're talking what 30-35 for him Madison the, the rumours are what 50-70 million something crazy like that Uh Telemans the same like that was the well, other one I was thinking of Telemans in Telemans yeah they've literally got two players for every position and a starting eleven that can rival anyone in the league on the day Um, bringing it back to to the Brendan factor I think and I'm not against the fella because he he did do good things for us it just all got a little bit messy at the end and I I wish he had gone like many others do in the summer rather than go into the season but that's by the by Um, Maybe the fact that he's won something now, as you say, with the FA Cup, it might just be that monkey off his back of right. Well, I've, I've done something in England and I've I've proved a lot of people wrong that I can do it. I, I I've been labelled a bottler because of we fell out the top four on the last half a dozen games of the season last two years, when it all in certain purposes it looked like they were they were nailed on. Um, us being one of the benefactors last year from it, but maybe that is just what he needed and what they will do is they will always challenge the top top clubs I I wouldn't wouldn't have said top six but there isn't a top six Um, but they always have that crazy moment in them when they get beat by teams the likes of Palace or West Brom or like this season we've got Norwich and Wofford they'll probably go to Leicester and pick up a win when you least expect it or they'll go on a run of half dozen games where they might get two draws and four defeats. It always seems to happen with with them and it affects them. And hopefully they can get over that and, and, and be a consistent challenger. But I don't know what more they can do because Leicester as a club are massively punching above the weight in terms of what we would deem traditional clubs within England. They were always there or thereabouts from when I was growing up in the Premier League. But they were always, you know, scrapping for 12th to 15th but now yeah they you, you, got every right to be in the conversation and all it takes is one club in the top four of who we've recognised as City Arsenal City United Chelsea Liverpool to have a season like Liverpool had last year where we get a few too many injuries and and it opens the door for them like it opened the door for West Ham to creep into the European positions because Arsenal and Spurs have had their own issues but I wouldn't be surprised if the if they snuck in there, but I think as we were saying before, but the, the top four as we are putting it this year probably look a little bit further ahead than what they did in seasons past.
0: That's that's not unfair. Andy Leicester, you know, the last few years, um she regularly caused the what you would call the bigger teams. Uh, you know, I... I I'm not, I'm, uh, I just hate using that expression but you know what I mean the, yeah. the, 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 the big money teams, they caused them problems consistently the last few seasons City they, you know, they were called City's bogey team for a while there, used to always fancy less than when they went to City, they've beaten us they've beaten United, they've beaten Chelsea um, and it's because they're actually really good you know they beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final, um, albeit they ruled their luck. You know, but you could argue, and I'm maybe pushing the boat a little bit here, but Patterson Taka goes out there and scores twenty goals in the league this season. If you sh- kitted those guys out in Chelsea shirts, you would maybe be thinking of them a little bit differently. Than you do, just because they're Leicester, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think they're amazing. I think they're really, really good, and I think in a normal season, um, i.e. 2015 or before, they'd be in a title race. They're they're that good. They're a really attractive side to watch. I've you know obviously a bit of Northern Irish bias, but I genuinely do think Brendan Rodgers is a brilliant, brilliant manager. Um, Jay mentions a the reinvestment there we all know how difficult that is we all know how badly we reinvested the money in Suarez we all know how badly Spurs reinvested the money uh, in Bale for Leicester to reinvest that money smartly and so effectively over three or four seasons it's not easy to do they lose Maguire obviously um, and they bring in a few others they lose uh, Mares before that and who did they lose last year? Chilwell and I think they lose drink. Also, Canté, Canté,
2: can't, 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 and Drinkwell. Yeah, them.
1: they lose drink water in one of. Albeit he's not a great player, but they still got like forty million for him for them, and uh, and reinvest it well. And that's really difficult to do, and it's really impressive what they've done. Um, it's so hard far. to
0: do, but it's even harder to do consistently season after season, which is what they've done, which is the most impressive thing. Exactly, and on the on the three players
1: have signed Bertrand. Good player. I've been more than happy for us to sign him on a free Um, for a left-back. I think Um, when we were linked with him in 2014 everyone was fuming. We got Moreno and everyone was buzzing and it turned out very quickly that it was quite clear that Bertrand was one of the best left-backs in the league playing at Southampton and uh, Moreno it, Andy, I was a captain.
0: Stop I was in Portugal watching Liverpool Spurs and there was a, a, a scouser scouse sitting behind me in a little outside bar and Moreno scored that goal against Spurs and I turned and looked at him and I was like, It looks like we've finally got a left back, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I
2: remember that as well. Yeah, oh, I am watching that up north. The actually. Spanish journal on i Oh well worse than Risa. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at that goal you
0: thought you've got a Spanish Oh god. Yeah yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, I d I don't I didn't particularly like Risa either, but um
0: anyway, give us a bit in, give us a bit in Sumari because this is a bit of an unknown quantity for me.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I watched a good bit of the French league. Lived over there for a while. Got into it. I think he's, I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, I wasn't aware that they'd signed him up until like a month or so ago. Apparently, they'd been pretty much kneeled on to sign him for a while. I didn't realize that. And I watched, I watched a good bit of the league last season, and everyone went on about Burak Yilmaz, and he was amazing. He was a talisman. He was a leader. Everyone went on about um Jonathan David uh, again. Top quality. Who we've been linked with, actually. Who, who we've been linked with as well. And probably five years ago would have been the perfect signing for us, along with Daniel Mallon or Jeremy Doku. But we're in that weird quandary that I talked about in the last pod that we'll not get into. But Sumare, he is. He, he's one of these players that just. He enables you to do so much in terms of flexibility with the formation. He enables you to go two in midfield um, and he will cover the ground. He it covers it as well as. Indeed, he he actually just seems to me like the same players in indeed Um, in the sense that he times the tackles so well. Um, he's positionally fantastic. He's always you know doesn't give himself too much to do. Uh, he's an, he intercepts the ball. He just seems to me like the perfect Leicester midfielder. And there's question marks about his his output, but he was playing for France under twenty ones in the summer. Um, and you know he was in league league on team of the season. He's so young and he's such a shrewd signing for them. I can't believe they got him for 18 million. Um, And I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. And I think they're going to have one of the better midfields in the league. Well, one of the better midfields in the league doesn't really do it any just. I think they're going to have one of the best midfields in the league this, next season. I think him and Ndidi are going to be absolute murder to play against, especially against top teams. Um, And as for Daka, he's one of those players I haven't seen an awful lot of, but any player that Liverpool are interested in, I... I I'm happy to I'm happy to say that Michael Edwards computer's probably got it right. It's like a thing I used to do with Brentford when it all came out about their money ball strategy and how they targeted players who were undervalued and therefore any player Brentford were interested in automatically turned out to be a good player whether they got them or not. And that's kind of the way I view DACA. So yeah, another attacking player for them. Jamie Vardy just seems to never eat well, um, he never seems to age in terms of his his playing ability. He'll always kind of get 15, 20 goals a season. Ian Accio is obviously st- finally starting to make something of his career. Um maybe been a bit harsh on him actually there because he's still young, but it seems that he went off the radar for about five years and maybe broke through a little bit too early at Man City. But yeah, the, the only real concerns I can say about them, obviously Fafana, and um, Johnny Evans isn't supposed to be fit until after the first international break. So I heard Roger saying he might be um he, he's looking to go back into the transfer market. Obviously, they've done some mad loans before. For centre halves and won the season. Who did they have last year? I forget, but they'll they'll probably bring someone in there and they might be a little bit vulnerable in the first couple of games. Would
2: would you be interested in those Kapach, Brendan Rogers? <laughs>
1: yeah, <they're, laughs> yeah, they're not playing in League One, mate, but um, yeah um well yeah, apparently they were interested in him and maybe he could come in and, and be a short term um Or could they be interested in Nat Phillips potentially <laughs> yeah Brendan <rest of> <laughs>
0: Rodgers? Yeah
1: well hopefully Leicester supporters would be wise enough to realise it was on Quebec as a stopgap and that's it unlike someone this call but <laughs> I'm only really messing yeah I think they'll be in a uh, I think they'll be in a top four race Um, I said before the call that in th- in theory the, um, the top four are miles ahead of everyone else and it's one of those where on paper it should be a four-way title race unless City go mad again and get over 100 points but it never really works out that way Obviously, we were stung by injuries last season. There's injuries, there's form, there's squad harmony we've talked about. Um, and there will be a team who's who's left behind and Leicester will, will rule them in and we'll be in a race for the top four again. I think they're better than Arsenal. I think they're better than Spurs.
0: Yeah, that, that's all fair. Um, okay, so last little piece here. Um, we've seen... I think probably enough of Kanate now to, and again, I'm not having a go here, but certainly to realise why we did not sign Ozan Kabak because he just looks head and shoulders above that sort of level of footballer. Um, Jay, absolutely gigantic, wrapping across the ground, looks like he reads the game. Really, really, really good with the ball at his feet. Um and what what thirty-six million? And you're you're looking at the moment Ben White for fifty million. And um Christian Romero Spurs have just signed on this weird loan, but they will buy him for fifty million, I don't know, next season or in January or some weirdness like it's that. A, but a, a proper Italian deal, even though it's got the English club in. Yeah, I think I think it's a bit I think it's a bit um, Levy fiddle in the book sort of deal I'm not really sure but it's uh, that th- this for me this is the sign, and if we made last year could have avoided that six game catastrophe that we talked about yeah I mean it,
2: you, it's all hindsight in it because totally we we wouldn't expect what happened but getting back to to him originally, he just looks like like Van Dyke in the in the sense that he's huge, but he's, he's so dominant in the air, but he's so quick on the ground. He's comfortable like on Koulibaly the ball.
0: Is Koulibaly
2: a twenty-one for me? He, I, I would. I, I'd have to go along with that from only seeing Koulibaly when he's played against us for Napoli. Um, but he he, he was a monster as well. Um, but he he just looks. Looks comfortable, and I think the four weeks of that they've been away, I, you, you see videos on, on social media, he, he looks settled. And we all seen that video of him when he was uh, just before he joined up with the squad in, in Paris with the, the fireworks and the flares. and He, he looks so happy to, to be at Liverpool. It doesn't look like one of these signs like the Ben White, who's just, you know, he's been pumped into the limelight and elevated into a a status that he really isn't that good a centre half. He's definitely not a fifty million pound centre half anyway. Um, and you know as soon as a big cl- club in in, in commerce came knocking, he ran. Um, but looking back at the deals, like fifty million for him, fifty is for Romero to be paid next year. I, I think we probably go on record and say. Fitness permitting, if the All-State fits across the season, can I say i will be the one who who was, is the best at the end of the season? Because he just looks more natural since a half. I've not seen enough of Romero. I could be completely wrong on him. Um, and Spurs might have got an absolute gem. But I've seen a little bit of the copper. And he
0: looked okay. But the copper America is, is a mad one to, to judge anyway. Um, it's a funny one. I got Gary and all still playing for Chile. It's absolutely bizarre. He made what what if he's he, the He, he, <laughs> he absolutely,
2: absolutely
1: went down, Woodburn. You um, see him? No. 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 Oh. Uh, he, he, so he's playing for Bologna, which I didn't know. Um, And he just made the most outrageous tackle in our box, gave away a he, he penalty. Was,
2: he was sliding in from about eight yards away and you could see it coming and Woodburn just knocked the ball fast and was like, yep, I'll have a pen. To which Diboff <laughs> missed. Um,
0: I oh, hit the was, post, come on. He missed. It's a miss. Doesn't matter if you're at the poster, you still it's, miss. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, it's just I just I'm I'm, I'm just not i I'm not I'm not on board with the Divock hate Do you know? Uh, it's, was, it's a bit it's a bit like it's a bit like the Harry Kane scenario where do you know what, Harry? You signed a fucking six year contract, you dick, you gonna you know the club if, gave it to him. It, see if the club doesn't want to sell you, that's on you. And the same with us with the Rigi, we offered him a contract. And to see if he just wants to sit there like Gareth Bale and just go, you 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 told me you wanted me to sign this and I did it, so you know you can't just tell me to fuck off now. I'm quite happy here. I like living in Liverpool. I like going and training with Mo Salah and Virgil Van Dijk and Fabinho and and Firmino's brilliant crack every day. So I don't want to go anywhere. And why the fuck should he? So that's that's where I am on that. But I suppose that's a different conversation altogether. Yeah. So like. Uh. Just a, just a, yeah, can I tell you, look again, I just He looks good. Yeah, it's it's in just another really, really clever bit of business, I think. Um and we again it's another one I think we really took our time with. We could have forced it in January, but we didn't. We took our time, we got our man, we've we've seen this before, and you know, the next sign in, whenever it happens, I expect to see the same thing. So just to just to wrap things up, um I'll come to both of you. Andy, just quickly. What's your top four in order and what will it take to win the league regards to points?
1: Uh top four in order, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Chelsea. Um and it will take 97 points to win the league.
0: Ooh, it's a big, big number. Mm. Okay. All right, interesting. I think I think we're all okay, never mind. I'll come back to it. Jay. Same for you. Um, Top four in order, and what what number of points do you think it will take to win the league? Uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, City. Go on, say it. Say it. Just say it. Just for crack. (laughs) Spares.
2: Only only got only. I've got a feeling Kane's going to stick about. And I, and, yeah. and they'll just be a, m will be a, be a scramble for for that fourth place because Ollie is Oli. I I, ne- I nearly said Leicester, but I, I just I thought you were like, going
0: to. I thought no, you were going I, I, to. I,
2: just think Kane's gonna just gonna stick about and just he'll just score goals because he always does. Um, yeah. and it'll just I think, be a mad scramble.
0: I think Kane's Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. I think he, I think yeah, he, I can see that he, 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 sa- he signed that super contract and he's going to be stuck there for the rest of his, rest of his life because what's going to happen is he's going to be 29 next year and people are like, see what Levy's asking for him? <laughs> We're not fucking paying that for an injury-prone 29-year-old, and he's going to be stuck there for his entire career. And yeah, well, I I think I go I'm I'm with you on the Chelsea boat and the guys will talk about it on on the next pod. But I think Chelsea are a team to be reckoned with this year. And yeah. I think they they will be there and thereabouts come the last kind of ten games of the season. This is going to I think this for the first time in ages is going to be more than a than a two team title run-in. I think Tuchel's proved and as you say like the lads are going to get into it next week.
2: Um, he's proved he's a good manager. Like it, that that was a re- it, Chelsea is and always has been for ages a really good squad. It just needs to be managed correctly and. It just proved how inferior as a manager Frank Lampard is. That Tuchel came in and took over and dragged that team to the Champions League final. Like, albeit there was a couple of things that went their way and whatever, but it's still hard. But you, to do. But you need that. Still you, done need, it. you need that. You need that to win the Champions League. You know. Yeah. You need that. He he's still so. done it, and he, he he took them along in the league when when they were stuttering and fighting. Um so I think they are a the big threat and if they get the players in that the links to be getting like Lukaku and maybe one or two others then then they could be scary. Um, in terms of the points total I'm going to go slightly under Andy's number. I'm going to go more towards like
0: 93. Okay. I think it'd be lower right. 90s. I look at the points total and I think what's second going to finish on? So I'll does say... It, does it matter if they're behind us? Well, no, but but whatever second is, you need one more point to win the league. I suppose is what is what I'm looking at. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say ninety. I'm gonna say ninety because I think there are a greater collection of better teams this year that will start taking points off each other. And I am gonna nail my colours to the mast here because I always love to say something to make a dick out of myself every season, and it's going to be the same thing as I said last year. I, I, I like Arsenal and I think <laughs> yeah I do I'm sorry <laughs> I know I know I like them I think th- I think, uh, I think if they, you were me, drinking Guinness earlier on Dave yeah, that made I you have. come on <laughs> yeah I know I know I know Um, I, I I, think Arsenal have a bit about them Um, I think a couple of, a couple more smart signings and I think they they'll not be in the conversation towards the end of the season but I think they'll be in the top four conversation towards the end of the season so we'll wait and see alright lads well listen thanks very much that was Uh, very insightful Um, we'll see how we go we'll see what the guys think of Chelsea and more hilariously Man United um, in a couple of days time so until then up the I don't know go and spend some money reds